Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Juboff, Vanity Fair's senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair's senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. Okay, Julie, so this is our last episode, somehow, improbably, taking in where we started, where we've gotten to. This is our last episode before the royal wedding actually takes place, which is sort of hard to believe, isn't it? I feel like it's the last podcast episode before like our own wedding, right? I thought you were going to say the last podcast before like the apocalypse. Like, are we going to be able to keep podcasting after the royal wedding? Will we be able to keep functioning? It's hard to imagine a period post royal wedding. I feel like it's been out in the horizon in such an intense way for so long. Right. Well, you know what? Thomas Markle is not going to stop pumping out the exciting plot turns and plot twists. So I don't think we have anything to worry about. Yeah. As we went to press, so to speak, there was some breaking Thomas Markle news, which we will be getting to. We're going to kind of at the end of the episode, dig into our pressing predictions, questions, last minute thoughts before the wedding itself, kind of looking back on everything we've discussed up until now. But first, Julie, this Lifetime movie, Julie is still in Cannes. But she had already seen the movie. She has intimately gotten to know the cast of the Lifetime movie. She hosted a panel with them. So we have some expert intel on this whole Lifetime movie situation. But having met them and seen the movie, Julie, what was your, like now that we can talk openly about it, what was your feeling about how they pulled off the portrayal in the film? It was funny meeting the actors because in real life, Paritza and Frasier have kind of the same dynamic as Meghan and Harry, whereas Paritza like really takes the lead and is like so elegant and thoughtful and articulate, whereas Frasier uh, is just kind of the fun loving, like in the background a little bit. Did the movie live up to all of my hype? Yeah, well, okay. So first of all, it's funny you should say that because I was live tweeting from the In the Limelight account last night during the movie and a lot of you guys were on with me, which was a lot of fun. But I was actually thinking about how Parisa was really engaged on Twitter during the movie and she was, you know, reposting gifts. She retweeted one of our in the limelight tweets. She was very engaged. But then I just thought it was funny. And again, what you're saying reflected somehow the real dynamics that you have Megan in real life, who's, you know, internet savvy and was on Instagram, etc. Just like Parisa was. And then Frazier, I guess the guy playing Harry was not on Twitter. He doesn't even have a handle. I just thought it was very appropriate and apt. Right. Okay. My, my takeaways were you hyped it just the right amount, I think. So there were moments that you had previewed for me that when I got to them, I was thrilled to get to and lived up to how you had built them up. But I also felt surprised by a lot. I wasn't necessarily expecting how a Lifetime movie element-y it was going to be. Like the whole thing they kind of inject about her running to the plane to stop him sort of in the third act, which is super romantic comedy to me, which is definitely not a fight that, as far as we know, happened in real life. I feel like they added in a lot of drama that clearly didn't happen in quite the demonstrative way, but I guess they kind of had to do that. Or even all the stuff of Princess Diana being reincarnated in the lions. Like I feel like they had to add in some kind of drama and backstory that was maybe borderline ridiculous, but sort of worked to amp up the intensity. The airport scene 
it seemed kind of ridiculous to me because I felt like the movie did such a good job of sticking to the real life events. So I felt that was unnecessary. Like what Harry's trip whirlwind second date to Botswana wasn't romantic enough. We needed that. That's the thing. I feel like sometimes because we so intimately know these details of what actually happened. And for the most part, as you're pointing out, they stuck to them. And there's enough drama there. I feel it's such a crazy story of even just the two of them getting together at all that they didn't need anything added. Like, for example, Bella, they added in this kind of antagonist character from Megan, who's fictional. I mean, she might be a composite of some people that really exist, but she kind of was this snob antagonist who's like asking her how she gets her hair treatments done and criticizing her like pre-suit roles and all of that. I liked her as kind of a funny character, but I was like, why do we need her in this whole situation? Well, the co-screenwriter, it was interesting, their connection to the crown. There were some very tenuous connections. The co-screenwriter, her father is a historical consultant on the crown right? and actually wrote a Queen Elizabeth biography. And I know, I guess Paritza got this role and then she realized that one of her good actress friends who's going to the royal wedding is very good friends with Meghan Markle. So they have this friend in common. Interesting. She said she never asked the friend any questions about Meghan just because the whole thing is so secret and the privacy shrouded. And she was very careful with what she told me because she like didn't want to mm. potentially offend. But she thought they would really hit it off. She thought that they would have a lot of good conversations about interracial relationships and the ups and downs of them. I feel like they'll end up... Mm. I was about to say they're going to end up meeting, but given Megan's current standing, I feel like they won't naturally meet. Megan would have to go out of her way. Can we talk about the Princess Diana hot dog scene? The whole treatment of Princess Diana was kind of crazy. I felt like the queen was in a different movie entirely. She was acting in like a tour de force comedic romp. I do not know what the direction was that she was given. I don't either. Okay, well, I love like a lot of the details. I love the beanies. I thought they did a really good job of incorporating the beanies. A lot of the looks matched up really well, I thought. Love the roast chicken, obviously. You had hyped this for me in the perfect way, but the whole discussion of the TIG was uh, I was obsessed with. When Harry stands firm and says you can't get rid of that, it's part of her identity. The line reading there, do you think that Harry ever went to bat for her like that? I, I mean, okay, well, then that brings me to what I needed to, really wanted to discuss with you, which is this portrayal of Kate, which a number of you guys tweeted at us. I feel like Megan and Harry, and you had mentioned this before, I can't really imagine... I think they both come off pretty well. If I were either of them watching this, I would be sort of, you know, I feel like they cast it kind of favorably. There's definitely parts where I feel like either of them would be, you know, maybe a little annoyed. But I also felt like they would generally be okay. Kate, though, on the other hand, and William, I felt if they were watching would be furious, no? I sort of feel as though Kate, they kind of redeem her character, but at the beginning, she comes off as so pessimistic and ornery. I'm wondering if you talked to them, anyone about this on the cast, but I just thought the Kate portrayal seemed the most kind of wildly divergent from what we would imagine it being, maybe, of anyone. This is my analysis. It almost seems because she has this, there's something villainous about the way she's playing the character, even though the lines she's reading are not necessarily 
It's almost like there was a different storyline that had to be like edited out where Kate did something nasty to Megan and then eventually they make nice because it just like doesn't quite make sense. It was a little strange and even just the stuff at the beginning when she's, you know, sort of acting as if she doesn't think it's going to last. And even when William's like, oh, he Botswana'd her. They kind of act like this, like the snide, sarcastic. And also they, they almost imply there's weirdness in their marriage, I thought. I know. That was like a little strange to me. I thought William's casting, oh it was a little... I know. But that said, I thought a lot of the casting was great. I thought Megan's mom was really good. Amazing. Camilla. Yeah, Camilla was amazing. She kind of has this great wink with Megan in their first scene, which I loved. And then like Harry makes some comment, like, I wish you two could have been together from the beginning. Camilla's like the hero of the movie <laughs> somehow. I was confused... I feel like they did some things where they kind of added in details that threw me, like Megan dressing as Hillary Clinton at Halloween. Oh my gosh, I forgot about the Halloween sequence. I looked it up after because I had vaguely remembered there being a Halloween party and there was apparently a report right as the sun thing came out, originally like putting out Megan into the world as like Harry's girlfriend, that they had been at a Halloween party together. So I guess it's somewhat based on truth. But Hillary and I guess what was Harry, a frog or something, was weird to me. I didn't like when they added in stuff like that. I, I was a very purist feeling in a way I wasn't expecting. What did you think of all of the suits scenes? Oh my gosh. This, I want like a spinoff of just the Megan, the Parisa playing Megan on suits. Because those scenes were wild. They acted like she was the executive producer. Or as if like this visionary director who kind of the way she was like coming in on every line and how she wanted every delivery to be the towel thing, I guess had been out there that she didn't want to come out in a towel in one scene. So they really took that and ran with it. But you would think she was, I don't know, like Ava DuVernay or something after watching this. No, like, and also the fact that this is all happening, they can't, this happens in a lot of stuff I read about Megan. Now they act like suits as friends or something and that she's Jennifer Aniston, you know, like right. no one knew her or suits. I mean, people knew suits, but it was not this hit show that they're kind of acting like it was, or even references to how famous she is or her publicist calling her like, I'm sorry, that did not, that's not how that played out. Anyway, what'd you think of how the first date was portrayed? I liked it. That was kind of the first part where I think people, people, our listeners know that I've had a little bit of cynicism about Megan in the past, just her, her trajectory from like deal or no deal to the palace. But I sympathize with her so much after seeing this movie, like her I'm treating it like it was a documentary of her real life. That's how it felt, though. It really did feel that way. It's sometimes hard to separate. It's like the crown. The Crown, which got referenced by the Queen in the movie, too. No, but I thought the first date was, like, kind of a perfect, campy Lifetime scene. I loved that, like, Megan was, like, threw her Lifetime Harry off his game. What did you think of it? I liked it, too. I sort of, I was into that they kind of, as you had said, gave Megan so much agency that she was kind of giving him such a right. hard time and wasn't fitting into the mold. That said, I don't know. Some of the conversations, like the love actually bit, or the, I don't know, like they, they definitely trying to add in some like quote unquote cute banter, which wasn't necessarily working well for me. Though I thought the both actors were really great. I thought they both like really brought a lot to the characters. 
I agree. One other scene we have to discuss, that party slash ball. They meld that with the racist brooch situation. So so they kind of like, they started like putting things together and then they were really losing me because they were putting together things that happened like months apart. Right. The writers said that they actually went back when the brooch thing happened. That was like the last edition. They went back and added uh, that in. That makes sense. They definitely, I was, I thought it was good that they kind of confronted the race aspects of the kind of dynamic. They didn't shy away from anything. It gets kind of serious at parts. Like Megan has these breakdowns. It felt like every other scene towards the end. Right. I mean, I could watch this as a serialized you know, something like drama, some weekly show. I wish they had had a slightly larger costume budget. I felt like in that scene, especially the fascinators, the dresses were well, a little... Well, also like Pippa's wedding looked as if it was like a lunch at a rec center or something. <laughs> like it did not... It looked like it was like a 40th high school reunion. Yes, yes that's what it looked like. And not a well-attended no, one. No, it looked very sparse. Um, Pippa should like sue for defamation. Uh, okay, but let's talk about the real-life Marco family drama because there is a lot and some late-breaking news that we have to discuss about a character we've talked about a bit who has now suddenly, in the week before the wedding, jumped into the improbable lead position in terms of interest. It's kind of crazy. Um, of course, talking about Megan's dad. I kind of called this from the beginning. I said he was my favorite character, but I underestimated you did not him. Know I how he was going to jump into the forefront. I feel like we just saw those first like long lens photos a few months ago of him in Mexico, and now he's all over TMZ and Twitter and everything. Okay, so Julie, what? So first, let's talk about the staged photos. So we've talked about these photos. There's what? There's the ones where. First, there's the kind of really, we talked about these last week, but he's buying like, uh, what was it? Like digestive gas medicine. At a 7-Eleven. At a 7-Eleven. There's, one where he... there's ones where he's looking at his internet cafe. He's looking at photos of Harry and Meghan. There's one where he's at a Starbucks reading a book about, a picture book about the UK. Right. How could we forget? And then and there's one, one where, where he's, he's getting, getting a fitted for, for a suit. suit. So I guess at some point, and as a few of you noted, we mentioned this last week, we're not going to take too much credit. And it's actually my friend Katie who had originally given me the thought, so she deserves the credit too, that something seemed a little off about the photos to me at a certain point. They just, there were too many. They were really well posed. The way they were kind of set up behind him at the online cafe, the way they were getting these really clear shots of him at the 7-Eleven, getting the fitting. What still doesn't add up to me, you're right, the angles are eerily spot on. Those don't make sense. But if he knew that he was getting his photo taken, wouldn't he spring for something other than a hoodie? Well... Okay, so then let's like, for those of you who aren't as kind of on the Thomas Markle Google alert game like we are. Okay, so basically it's unofficially confirmed. We can't say this like officially, but the Daily Mail and plenty of other places now are running that he was in on it with this British paparazzi guy named Jeff Rayner, who when they do the sequel to the Meg and Harry Lifetime movie, they're going to have to cast someone to play him, I think. But apparently they were kind of doing this together. And according to the Daily Mail, Thomas Markle made $180,000 from selling these photos, which, Julie, does that seem like does that seem like high enough? I think you should be getting more. I thought it was those photos were sold by the paparazzo. 
for that much. Oh. Did he really make yeah, that much Yeah, it says, according money? to the Daily Mail, Markle Sr. has fetched around $180,000 from selling these photos. Oh um, well, Julie's impressed by that figure, even if I would have held out for more if I was Megan's dad. Um, then, I guess, the aston- this is from New York Magazine. The astonishing footage obtained by the Mail shows a 73-year-old former lighting director arriving at Internet Cafe with Jeff, Minutes later, they're seen preparing to photograph Mr. Markle while he is sitting at his computer. It gets very bleak when they get into the direct quotes, too. They interview Jessica Anaya, who manages this internet cafe. She told, this is the Daily Mail, she told our reporters the photos were staged with the photographer taking them from less than six feet away. She said, the man and the photographer came in together. It was in the morning. They didn't stay long, probably about 10 minutes, and they left together. I thought it was strange that they were taking pictures in here. It's an unusual place to take pictures. I love the fantasy of you as Megan's dad covertly meeting with the paparazzi to negotiate I mean, this. This is even weirder. This is the guy who fit him for the suit, Mr. Flores. He, it was really strange. This big American guy got the measuring tape out out of his pocket and he was saying things in English. I don't speak good English, but I understood what he wanted me to do. I just went along with it. I was telling him the measurements, but he didn't write them down or anything. After about 20 minutes, he said thank you and gave me about $15 as a tip. This is so dark. I just wrote yikes after this. Like, is this not the bleakest thing? Like, what? This is so dark. Okay. And then, sorry, I'm just gonna like getting all the facts out so we can discuss. No, please. Samantha now today. So that came out over the weekend. I think we both had this reaction of like WTF. Then Samantha now says the idea was that, I guess she's like taking on a brand strategist role, that she thought Thomas should be shown in a positive light before he walked Megan down the aisle. So they worked together on this plan. But Samantha's saying this wasn't done for money, that it was just purely for kind of the image they were trying to get out there. But who knows? And, you know, I guess I sort of can understand that, you know, maybe I can see that. Because it does seem like if he was trying to make money, he he could do lots of other things, like give tell-all interviews or do whatever. And he hasn't really done any of that. Right. So she's taking the heat. But then, so that that was sort of where we were at this morning. And things are really moving at a rapid pace. Because as I was coming down here, I sent Julie this TMZ link, which is, I mean, I don't know what to make of this, Julie. And like, what do you think? Because it says, Meghan Markle's father will not be walking her down the aisle Saturday. He isn't going to the wedding at all because of the fallout over selling photos of himself, TMZ has learned. I can't process this actually it's kind of crazy he's telling tmz that he didn't mean any harm to megan or the royal family when he made a deal to allow a photo agency to take photos of him getting ready for the wedding he said he had a reason and it was not principally about money he says he's been ambushed by paparazzi who have photographed him in unflattering circumstances buying beer looking disheveled and reclusive he was upset they made him look like a lush because he doesn't even drink beer he was buying it for the guards at the place where he lives Side note, I'm not sure what to make of that. <laughs> he he says, <laughs> by the way, no, you've never seen anything as good as Julie listening to me <laughs> taking in these details. Okay, he says since his daughter started dating Prince Harry, he's been offered anywhere between 50000 and 100000 for interviews, and he's turned all of them down. Do we believe that? I guess. Thomas says the paparazzi agency approached him, offered him money. 
though nowhere near the reported 100,000. So he's saying he made less than Daily Mail is saying he made. And he figured there was no harm in it. It would help recast his image. He admits they look stupid and hammy. He says he was just going around along with the paparazzi agency, but now he deeply regrets it. And then, as if this wasn't enough, he says he suffered a heart attack six days ago, but checked himself out of the hospital so he could attend the wedding. He's now decided not to go because he doesn't want to embarrass the royal family or his daughter. This is so dramatic. Where is he in the world right now, though? Is he in the UK? Was he there when the story broke? I I don't know. And the palace has just said, we have got nothing on this at the moment when he was... I mean, it's crazy because... I mean, obviously, if he had a heart attack, we hope he's okay. And, you know, that's like... His health is obviously the most important thing. But the whole situation here... I don't know. It's almost seemingly like detracting from the wedding in this weird way. I saw some people on Twitter kind of saying like, what's going like, let her be like, let her live her, let her have her day like that. He's making this about himself. I don't really know. I mean, I don't know if he's making it about himself, but he definitely appears to have called TMZ and made this statement. But I guess, did he not run this by the palace first? I feel bad for him. Yeah. I feel like maybe maybe the palace or Megan, someone should have given him any sort of like media pointer. No, Josh does not no, like that. No, I know what you're saying. I do. I agree. Like he seems to be sort of out on his own here going rogue a little in terms of like how to engage the press. Right. Like Good Morning Britain apparently confirmed that he called TMZ himself, which just seems weird. And everything's so planned out with the royals like you get these things very incrementally they announce every new piece of information as it comes so i just don't really i sort of feel like he went rogue here like i don't think he checked this with the palace no right but i feel like in the beginning maybe the palace should have given him some sort of support system so he didn't get but i i love the idea of samantha markle as this brand strategist the tom markle with like a headset it's just it's so sad to me um it's very tragic i kind of feel bad for tom i feel like he's so embarrassed i feel bad for megan this is just how awful for this to happen six days before the before the wedding I know. Like, I just feel this is crazy. I feel like they can't handle another sort of scandal. And I'm almost afraid, like, if this is coming out now, does TMZ, does someone have something else? I know. I'm actually, I I had this strange feeling, too, when we were getting ready to record. I just don't want, I don't know. It feels weird. It feels ominous. But, you know, hopefully, maybe they'll somehow rectify it. Like, Megan will call him and convince him to still come. I don't know, but this is, it's just so sad to me. It's almost like a reality TV, like, cliffhanger. <laughs> like, this was the episode, and then is he going to show up, up on Saturday? Up. I know, I know. It's, a, it's like becoming, like, this predominant, overwhelming story about the whole thing. Um, I know. It, and what do you think, like, Kate and the Queen? I guess that's also what's so crazy. It's just, we're just used to these you don't hear much ever from any of them. So to have there be this kind of figure in the mix who can call TMZ, Samantha Markle can tweet about all of this stuff. Megan can't comment on any of this. Um, Like Harry can't. Maybe they will through the palace at this point to try to control the narrative a little. 
I feel like they need to release some sort of statement, even if it's just like we have everything. No everything is so orchestrated. Like they've just announced today, like what hotels they're both staying at Friday and when you'll see Megan and where her mom will be. Like they just, everything is so meticulously planned. And there's this, it's just this funny discordance between that and then this crazy Markle family drama that's circulating while they're trying to play on every step in the UK so meticulously. As a friend of the podcast, Elise Taylor just G-chatted me, like leave it to the Americans to bring the reality show level like drama and hysterics to this what should be a very civilized royal wedding i don't know so what so i guess what, what do we think if he doesn't go her mom will just walk her down the aisle but i feel like that would almost be as much of a news story if he's not there i mean i i hope he's okay i, hope. I know me too but i mean he's acting in this thing that he I mean, in the TMZ write-up, it, it sort of is indicating he's okay and that the reason he's not going is not related to the heart attack, but is related to the pictures and the embarrassment. But it's weird that he threw in the heart attack. I know, so, I know. That is true. It's not kind of confusing. And so when six days ago, is that when the news, the security camera footage broke? Do we think oh. the heart attack is directly related to that breaking? God, I don't know. I just, uh, it's like, it's, it's upsetting. I do feel like maybe for, to make it less of a overwhelming plot line, they do need to do something soon in terms of like explaining the statement. God, it's, it's intense. I know. God knows the palace is listening in. This one, this one <laughs> from, it, it went from like is. the fun, like, oh, what a cute stage photo of him reading this picture book to such a dark tale dark 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 the darkest tale. i mean i almost don't even feel like we can end with this little bit i wanted to end with but because it's so frivolous and fun compared to what we just were talking about but about megan's hugging obsession we we need we, we need, need, we need a, some levity a conversational yeah. hug yes okay so this is from hello this was over the weekend a close friend of the former actress has described megan as warm and not formal describing how she often hugs staff at kensington palace bonnie hammer the woman who hired megan to star in suits said so we have a pretty good source here megan is not formal source. megan is warm she's a hugger she's a kisser I heard a story from her very early in their dating. Uh, does Megan like that Bonnie's sharing this? We don't know. And Megan would come up to the palace and she'd get out of the car and she'd have a bag or two, no doubt from Whole Foods. The guards would basically greet her and kind of walk her in. After the first couple of times, I guess she started giving a hug to the guys, which wasn't exactly protocol. And at some point, somebody said to her, people don't usually do that. And she said, shrugging, I'm American. I hug. I love that. When I saw this, I said, I have to talk to Julie about this. I'm American. I hug is up there pretty high, I think, on the Megan catchphrase list. No, drop another template for like a hand stitched pillow. We are doing that. I'm American. I hug. Does it th doesn't this track, though, with everything we know and believe about Megan? It tracks like I know that girl in California who makes her avocado toast and just like hugs people she's meeting the first time. I love the avocado toast getting its way into the Lifetime movie too, by the way. Where was that? I didn't see that. I must have been texting you <laughs> looking down. Uh, it's like towards the end when they're having some important conversation or one of their fights. Okay, let's close though this penultimate before the, that's not the right word for that, before the, the last episode before the wedding. Julie, what are your, what are our hopes? What are we most looking forward to? What's like the storyline or the thing, the person that we're kind of most intrigued by at this point? We're six days out, five days out. Okay, let's do a top three. Yeah. 
for each of us. I think Doria, I want to know what she's wearing. I feel like she could bring it. I would love to see her in a pantsuit. Yes, yes, good one. Um, the Tom of it. Yeah. And I hope we get some sort of details about the reception. I want to know originally there was there was a report that she was going to give some sort of speech at the reception. Right. I would love to hear that. Poor Tom. I feel like they always expect the bride's father to say something. I don't think Tom can handle that stress. No, he, we can't put that on him. I also, I'm so excited to see George and Charlotte's involvement. I hope there are so many cute pictures. What are you looking forward to? Uh, yeah, well, one, also on the reception, I saw something over the weekend. The Royal News is obviously flinging fast and, f- fast, fast and furious at this point. Um, but that he wanted like a kind of nightclub style, like ice luge, tiki bar, kind of really party hardy vibe to the reception, which I love. I sort of feel like Megan's not into that vibe, though. Um, well, that tracks because do you remember at William's wedding, William and Kate's wedding, Harry was, was he the best yeah, man? Yeah, and was reportedly like dancing on the windows and stuff. And he surprised the bride and groom at the reception said, we're all going to move to a different ballroom. And it had been converted to yes. a nightclub. Yes. And remember, they were serving those little shots, those drinks. I forget there's some ridiculous drink that they drink in their London club. I feel like I feel like that's what Harry wants. And if he doesn't do that on his own, somehow they'll make that for him. I agree. Maybe they can do like a club slash like yoga studio zen. Maybe you start with the Megan room where you kind of meditate you do your yoga, you eat like a lemon square or something, and then you go into the Harry room for the full partying. Do you think she's she's just going to spend like the next six days in like a yoga meditation studio? Hanging upside down, no cell phone near her. She's going to be like in a cocoon, like a butterfly, a caterpillar to butterfly, Um, in like her full yoga pants outfit, beanie and yoga pants. Okay, my top three are, for who I'm most excited to kind of be watching, I... Tried and true Kate head, I guess. I feel like Kate's role in the whole day, I feel like I'm just going to be very interested to watch. I feel as though, similar to Pippa's wedding, she's going to try to do this sort of not upstaging, staying in the back seat. That always cracks me up too when she kind of wears something overly frumpy to try to like not be like in any way sultry. So I'm curious how far she's going to go or like in what direction. I want to bet $100 right now that she is wearing a dress that hits below the knee and has a high neckline. You're not going to see any skin. It's going to be like an Amish like frock. But but she's going to look, I predict, like you won't even be able to tell she ever had a kid. Like she's going to be like oh, back smells, to... Oh, of yeah, course. Exactly. George. I feel like everyone's going to be excited about George. I'm excited to see his whole deal. My third, though, is I'm going to sort of make this maybe cheating a little, but just the Megan bridesmaid. I know she's not going to have any adult bridesmaids. It's going to be kids, but she has this kind of coterie of the Priyanka Chopra, the... The like, you know, maybe Serena Williams, maybe Victoria Beckham. I feel like one of them is going to wear something like provocative or kind of I, I feel like we're going to get like a Pippa moment from someone else there. It's not going right. to be it's not going to be Pippa. It's not going to be Kate. But like, I just have this sense that there's going to be someone who wears something wild that kind of like gets a ton of attention. And I'm just curious to see who that's going to be. I love that. What kind of dress? Because as we know, Megan is very fashion forward of the moment. 
I know. I kind of could see her doing, because we know she's changing for the reception. You said pantsuit for Doria. But like, I wonder if we're going to see any pantsuit. Not, I guess she can't wear a pantsuit to the reception, though. I mean, it seems so American. It does. Like a jumpsuit, pantsuit. I just could, I could see her trying to pull something like that to be super. I'm the modern princess. I'm doing things my right. way. I could be really into that. Me too. I sort of feel like the dress has to be pretty traditional, though, no? Like, I've seen some people say, oh, it's going to be sheer. It's going to be this. Like, she can't do anything that crazy. Right. I don't see her, like, in a lacy. No, that's true. I feel like she strikes me, without any of these trappings, as the type who wants, like, a beach wedding, like, a really, like, simple dress. Like, she doesn't seem very over the top when it comes to this sort of thing. Um, right. So that that juxtaposition is also going to be interesting. I know. And whether she wears a tiara. Oh, yeah. That's going to... And that's the thing. If you're wearing a tiara, your dress has to be pretty much like at the 100 level. I feel like you can't really wear like a slip dress and a tiara or whatever you call it. I also... I agree with you. I want like reception details. But... I feel as though we're not going to... I wish we could really get, like, first dance photos. Like, I want to see who the entertainer is going to be because you know someone's going to be singing. It's a bummer to me. We get every last detail from the ceremony and we're not going to get anything, really, other than probably reports after about the actual party. Wow. As we did this podcast, I got it just... I'm on this kind of press email list from the palace and the palace just sent out a statement. So I'll read it live. Ooh, oh my god! A Kensington Palace spokesman said, this is a deeply personal moment for Ms. Markle in the days before her wedding. She and Prince Harry ask again for understanding and respect to be extended to Mr. Markle in this dif- difficult situation. The palace must have, must have felt us, us wanting that statement. I mean... That's a very vague statement, though, no? Right. So basically, they're just not going to comment either way. Right. Oh, God, this is intense. So this means she's definitely trying to do some sort of, or not necessarily her, but there's like a press room like working right now to figure out how to handle this. There is a crazed war room right now. People are not sleeping. God, this is a sad way to end this episode that was going to be just like joyous and fun. Well, for good or bad, Josh and I uh, are figuring out our coverage plans. We're definitely going to be live tweeting or covering in some capacity. Um, Yes, we will definitely be online. Obviously, as you guys do anyway, we love to hear what you're thinking about at all times on Instagram and Twitter. We also got some great photos of some In the Limelight fans who over the weekend threw like a brunch uh, in honor of Harry and Meghan, which was phenomenal. We tweeted it on our uh, thing, so check it out. Um, That was amazing. On Saturday, we want to see how you guys are celebrating. And we're going to have some sort of... I hesitate to call it emergency podcast, but a special edition of the podcast that will reflect all of our thoughts on Saturday. Right. I can't believe it's actually finally happening. I know, but we're going to get through this week together. If you see any breaking news, I feel like this is going to have to be a team effort to keep on top of everything. Exactly. We're it's a crowd, it's like a crowdsourcing team movement. All right, that does it for this week's in the limelight. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember to. Check us out on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think there as well. It helps us find new listeners. 
Also feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. And I'm at Jay Duboff. We're also on Instagram at In the Limelight Pod. This episode was edited and produced by Danielle Roth. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, no, no bad, bad energy. energy.